Hello and welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. Harvest Church is based in sunny Durban, South Africa. We are a family of believers who are passionate about Jesus. We really hope this message inspires you today. a coming home series. We're going to call it a coming home season just because the ministry coming out of, out of what has, uh, George has been ministering or we've been ministering and the team has been ministering is really coming home back to the Father. It's not coming back to church. It's not coming back to structure. It's not coming back to forms of religion. It's coming home to the Father. And in a difficult two years, this is a right place to come back to coming back to the Father, and um, I just want to pray for us, because be useless, it's only going to be information, if, if I don't pray and really ask God for His presence and His anointing to come to minister deeply to our hearts, so I want to speak up about knowing, understanding, experiencing the Father heart of God. So Holy Spirit, we together are here in Your presence. And Holy Spirit, you reveal what Jesus revealed, and that's the Father's heart to us, for us, and through us. And Holy Spirit, I ask for your anointing and your presence to be in this room, to recapture our hearts again of the one who first loved us. And I'm going to need your help, Lord God, otherwise this is just words reveal, I pray, in our hearts who you are and what we've been missing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, uh, I'm not going to, due to time, you need to go listen to the last four messages. Um, really amazing messages in Luke, uh, in, in Luke 15 around the prodigal son. Uh, really, it, that whole story, we emphasize the prodigal son, but really it's the heart of the father. It's the heart of the father that has never, ever changed. And you've got two sons in the story, and um, you have to go listen to the preachers to find out who they are and how they acted and how they responded, even coming from a really good father's home. And... Uh, once you put up that scripture, the scripture that we've been working through with Luke 15 is this. And this is from the Passion Translation. It says, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into fear, into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God. And you'll never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. Why don't you close your eyes?
Things get empowered in our lives by our agreement. What you agree with empowers your life and is released to empower your life, especially truth. You need to, and you get to, receive those words. I am God's beloved child. You're going to say that in your heart? You're going to say that with your mouth? You need to say that. And as you say it, a lie is going to come across your mind and say, but remember this. What about this? How can you be? You have to say it again. I am God's beloved child. And then something that you said or something that someone said to you or accused you or brought down your worth is going to come and it's going to stand in front of you and try and oppose that, you have to say it again. I'm God's beloved child. I'm God's beloved child. It's our agreement of truth that will set us free. Because this truth, believed, changes you and it changes your sphere of influence. It changes those around you. Can you put that next slide up, please? It's in his book, The Power of Identity, The Key to Personal and Professional Change, this Author Bill Wiersma, he says this, to be clear, being a child of God transcends the mere recognition that one is part of something bigger. It isn't about gaining a newfound appreciation of God as helpful as that is. It's more significant than that. It's developing a deep-seated appreciation of one's divine heritage and having that knowledge as a guidepost for the way people live their life. It requires something of us. In short, it's about recognizing who we are in relation to God. And we've been speaking about you and I being sons and daughters of God in relating to God. New Testament scholar, Klein Snodgrass, he says this, you cannot know yourself without knowing the one in whose image you were made. But through Centuries and through our lives, there have been happenings that have started to distort the image of God. And I want to remind us again of whose image we've been born from and created from. It's for Father. And in life, we've had different experiences. Different father experiences in this room. Everyone's had different father experiences. And I'm going to speak about the absent father or one who's been abandoned or an abusive father or abusive household or abusive mother or an authoritarian household. How did you grow up? Because the undealt with realities in the negative tainting of the father you are portraying, and it becomes a cyclical behavior in our own lives. So that's why the Father wants us to get the right view of who He is, because then He deals with those things that have come across our lives, and we have believed to be true about ourselves, that only the Father can come and heal that and shape that, because the right view, your right view of Father God is what the world around us needs. The world doesn't need religion. It doesn't need our display of right behavior out of a performance mentality. They need you and I to be connected with the Father because that is the source of influence that we can carry. 
healed people, healed people, hurt people, hurt people. In Genesis 1, we see verse 26. It says, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. That's how we were created. In verse 27, it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. And we've got this great discovery of gender right now in this world because it is a distorted image of the Creator. We go to Genesis 5, and it's speaking about Adam, and you see the difference here. In verse 5, verse 2, it says, Male and female, he created them, and he blessed them, and he named them man when they were created. When Adam lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness after his image. You see, it slowly changes when we no longer seeing and living out of the image of the Father. We start living out of a different image. Now, it's good. I want to train my kids to imitate me as I imitate Christ. But the things that are not imitating Christ, I have to take them to the Father because He in Himself is perfect. Even though He created me perfectly righteous, I'm still on a journey of walking that out. So I'm not always going to get it perfect. And my daughter's here. And I get emotional when I look at her. (laughs) All my kids. So I'm a father who consistently wants to deal with those things in my life because I do not want those things to be lived out in my children. I want my children's floor to be running on my ceiling. My ceiling must be their floor. I have to kill the giants in me So they don't have to fight those things. I have to go to war against certain things in my life and my past and society so my children can live in freedom of mind to work those things through in their own lives. So we're going to deal with some of those things today. Because I read the story of Luke 15 and I see two sons and it starts off and says, A father has two sons, and that son in the Greek is huios, which means two mature sons. We could look at that story and go, oh, they made those decisions based around a different maturity realm because the maturity realm starts with nappies, nappios. The word is nappios, where you get nappies from. And then it goes into a toddler stage where they're starting to handle themselves, but they still need a lot of intervention in their lives. They still need a lot of help. And then you get to this place where it says it's the technon son of God, where this is, there's maturity and there's the ability to take things on. Paul released Timothy, his technon son, to go and lead churches. So there's this maturity. And then you name and I love it because these guys are just about the kingdom. It's Darkness and light, and I'm bringing light. It's like Benaniah is uh, David's army. He walked before the king, jumped into a pit, and he killed a lion just because my king's coming past. So if there's any enemies around, they're dying. The kingdom of God comes. And then you get the sons of God, which are mature sons of God, who understand the household they're living in. But it's interesting that the word mentioned here is huios, where even mature sons can make decisions that are contrary to the father's heart. So it sets me free a little bit. Do you know what I'm saying? As parents, you go, whew. So some of 
our family's lives and some of the decisions they make are not going to be a reflection on you if you've held the posture to be a good parent or a good father. Can you put that next slide up, please? So in life, and as I'm doing, going through my studies, there's a really amazing book, a couple, it's called Knowing God, A Theology of Knowing God, and they take you through the realms of our mindsets and how we walk through life and how much we need people in certain stages of our lives. So the orphan identity, and you have to go listen to the two messages that George just preached on the one son who had an orphan mentality, and he wanted, so therefore he wasted and he rebelled. So he chose rebellion over relationship. And the, the other son, he, he chose to go and work for a master, not a father, uh, where the father revealed to him, it's like everything I've got is yours anyway. And uh, so you go and see an orphan mindset and how it responds to different situations. But this intervention identity, prevention identity, and catalyst identity are, are, are maturity realms that we walk in. Now, intervention identity is the realm where you and I need a whole lot more intervention and other people in our lives to help us navigate our life. So discipleship. So I was speaking to some psychologists, and, and Marilyn in particular, and we're talking about this because the world right now the psychologists are flooded. They're handing, they're handing people off. They, they, they can't. They can't sustain it, the amount of intervention and mental health issues that are happening because the culture of the world is moving at such a pace that we can't keep up. And decisions are being made for you even though you know they're not right. But you still follow because intervention reality is, is you feel the pressure to conform. And, and we ask the question is because the church has been, it's been, we're meeting, we're not meeting, we're here, we're not there, courses, not courses, people unavailable. So what happens is people go to the nearest place for help. So that's the intervention realm of our identity, which is not a bad thing because you've recognized you need intervention. But do you want to stay in that place of always needing somebody to intervene in your head space and your heart space and your behavioral space? We want to get to that place where we're moving through understanding our sonship and our daughtership, understanding that you're a new creation, walking it out. You have been made perfect in Christ. The gift of righteousness is perfect. You've been given that as a gift. You see, the grace of God rules and reigns on that place, but we're still not tapping in to the very source of God called His grace to empower our lives. You've been made perfect, but am I perfect? No. Yes, but no. In my walk, in my language, in my mindset, not to say that I'm swearing all the time. Do you know what I'm saying? So don't take that, don't hear what I'm not saying. But in, in my Language of my own worth and my own call and my own ministry. Sometimes in my frustration, I'll slip up with my wife or my kids. Some of the authoritarian stuff all of a sudden jumps out and my mother speaks through my mouth even though she's in heaven. Yeah, you laugh because you do it or you've been there. 
So prevention identity is this place where before I act, before I respond negatively, before I'm reactionary, before I allow, allow my old default settings to take me down a path that is no longer who I am. You see, to walk those things now as a new creation is abnormal. This is normal, but we have to keep turning. It's called repentance, change of mind, metanoia. I change my weight before I get there. I call it pre-consequential repentance. So before I'm going to do something, before it's there, I'm here, I'm done. There's no consequence to deal with because it's in my heart. The best place to live is at the audience of one. We're allowing him to deal with it in that moment, in that process. Now, sometimes we slip up because all of a sudden something comes into our sphere or our realm or our personal space too quickly, so we act differently. But prevention is I'm taking the word of God, I'm agreeing with my creator, I'm agreeing with the Father, I'm agreeing with Jesus, I'm agreeing with the new creation, I'm agreeing that I'm not a religious product in society, I'm a son and a daughter walking it out. And the church has, we have to give each other permission to fix messes when we've made them. We don't give each other permission to consistently go out there and destroy our lives. No, that's why we're a body. That's why we've got iron versus iron, and we're shaping each other. But here's the thing. The church has not had enough patience in the process for people's lives. All of a sudden, you get saved, you must walk perfectly. What? It's taken me 25 years, and I think I'm entering prevention. I've had moments of catalytic identity where nothing moves me. Ultimately, we all want to walk in that space where I'm rooted who I am. I choose to be a part of the body. Don't have to be. I choose to be. I choose to, if allowed to affect my life, I want to be catalytic in everything I do. Because that moves from me training my heart to my heart knowing. So now I'm starting to walk out my new normal, no longer in between my old and my new. Because every day I put on, I put off the old and I put on the new. So it's the practice, one-on-one Christianity, put off the old, put on the new. Because that's who you and I are. So those are the places we want to be. And I want to prick something in our own hearts to go, I want to live catalytic. Because the world around you needs you to be catalytic. Everybody's in intervention. Doesn't matter where you are, how much money you've got. But let's move to this place and we can help one another. And this is why church is super amazing. Because we can help one another, we can disciple one another, and we can walk with one another. And we get into this place of prevention because you need a prevention identity out there in the world. Because it's easy to react like the world. But what Jesus did, he lived in his time realm, no one else's time realm. So in catalytic, you've got time and you've got space developed here. Because you're not going to find it out there. You've got it here. That's where the catalytic identity is released. So we are wanting to deal with these things so I'll no longer have to walk through the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Amen. It's time to allow the Father to deal with this stuff. I don't want to blame my past. And you know, here's the thing. I'm old enough now, 48. For me to have excuses now is my own fault. Come, let's get real. I, I can put the blame game on everybody, but you know, hindsight teaches you a lot of things. 
So I'm going to deal with the absent. I thought my father was absent even though he was present. He was absent in the home because he was afraid of my mom. Because she was put into boarding school at five years old and put on a train. So she had her own trauma to deal with and she had her own rejection to deal with. She had abandonment to deal with. But only when you come to the fullness of understanding the Father can you deal with that and not allow other people to reap what they've sowed. We can undo that process. doesn't matter what people have sowed into my life. They don't have to reap that process because I can undo it in Christ. And then they can receive mercy. That's the, that's the process of Christ, isn't it? It's mercy. And it's grace. I can put up boundaries. It's not now I'm a doormat. That if, no, I've got super strong boundaries. It's happened once, not going to happen again. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I'm not going to not love you. You might not just be able to come into that personal space. So I wondered this when I was reading and I've been listening to the series. There's two sons. The one who wanted and he wasted and he went to the distant country. He chose rebellion over relationship and he acted as if he didn't need the father. The other son, the older son, he worked for what he already had. He chose religion over relationship and acted as if he didn't have a father but a master. And it's interesting because as I've studied generational theory, and what that is, is you go through the generations uh, of, of, of what impact they made on, on the earth. And you had the greatest generation, and they went to war. And then you had the boomers, and you know how the boomers came. The guys came back from war, and the ladies were waiting, and they all had babies. So baby boomer generation. And, and they were a very impactful generation because there was so much opportunity but many of the boomers, if they look behind them, there were people lying because they just plowed. They just pioneered. So you look at a boomer, they weren't really good people-wise. They just made things happen. And then after the boomers, you get the Gen Xs. Any Gen Xs here, if you've understood it, at a certain age, in your 40s, 50s, best generation ever. <laughs> Come on. I knew I was going to get an amen on that one. Then you get your millennials, and then you get the Gen Zs. Now, I've got five Gen Zs in my home. And it's a very interesting thing if you look at the culture that we live in. If you look at the son who wanted, wasted, and chose rebellion, we've got not all, okay? Don't jump on me after this, okay? Generally, millennial rule and Gen Z rule act at times if they don't need a father because they want to oppose their own rules on society. So it's, I don't need you, even though I need you, society is determining what I am and what I'm not. And it's subjective reality to a world in relativism. It's like relative to how I feel. So there's no truth, but I'm subject to how I feel, so my feelings are true. And the Gen Xs are like, are you crazy? <laughs> black is black and white is white. And male is male and female is female. Do you know what I'm saying? So the, that's, but then you come against resistance and they want to rebel against that because you're going against my core belief about who I am outside of Father. So if you don't have a belief inside of Father, you're trying to create your own significance. But you see, we have to deal with each other differently. We can't deal with each other 
the way we have in the generations because you look at it, it ain't working. There's nicknames now, Karen, Karen, Karen. Hey, Karen. Hey, Karen. Karen, Karen, eh? My wife has been called a Karen by our kids. I haven't yet. But you see, there's a generation that has the opportunity to go, I don't need a father. Don't tell me what to do. I don't need that. And I don't need your protection. I don't need your safety. I don't need any of those things, which is the lie. And my generation goes, I'm going to stick to the rules, man. And you better stick to the rules too. Because I don't know what to do when you break the rules. So I have to control you. So we grew up, I grew up in an authoritarian home. Because it's scary if the rules get broken. So if two sons come from a good father's house to make the decisions they made, what about you and I? who came from distorted homes. You see, we can have grace for one another now. 